0: The Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook by using promo code RTRS and brought to you by L.L. Alpavorsky Jewelers who are Rights to Ricky Sanchez. Listeners, go and get engaged. Mortgage CS, become a Mortgage CS Ricky VIP by going to mortgagecs.com slash Ricky. Body Bio, get 20% off any Body Bio order by going to bodybio.com and using promo code FIRECJ at checkout. That is FIRECJ. And Stateside Urban Craft Vodka, the official sponsor of the Corner 3 newsletter, was oh, statesidevodka.com. On the show today, well, it wouldn't be the Sixers if it wasn't weird. The Sixers, after losing to the Bulls, come back and beat the hell out of the Bulls. But all the while... Joel Embiid doesn't come out to the second half. All the while feeding Kate Scott weird lies about why he's not. Mm. So we'll uh, we'll dive into that and his mm. his calf tightness. He was playing really well though, really cool. It was really cool. Anyway, James Harden also with an injury to his calf as well. Hmm, that seems curious. They both have calf injury. Um, what else? Sixers chances for the two seed. I have one more thing to mention about Mr. JJ Redick we will finally get deep into the Ringer Top 100 and your voicemails and emails. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe. We are closing in on 9,000 subscriptions. And if we do not get to 10,000, by the time the playoffs start, CJ will be fired. So if you're watching on YouTube now, or if if you're not watching right now, if you're watching later, go to YouTube, subscribe and turn on notifications. I did mention stateside vodka. I have not had a drink of alcohol since Lent began, and my first drink will be the night of live Ricky Five, and it will be a stateside. I'm trying to decide whether I want the vodka soda, the Surfside iced tea and vodka, the Surfside iced tea lemonade and vodka, or just straight stateside vodka as I normally drink it, vodka and water. I have a couple weeks to decide. You, however, can drink whenever you'd like. Go to statesidevodka.com, order some of those teas. They're tasty, the peach tea maybe, maybe just the lemonade and vodka. You gotta be 21, statesidevodka.com. Without any further ado, Amos and the chef. Welcome to the Right's Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy who will not return for the second half because of the giant discrepancy of the scores of the two teams. That is one, Mike. Love <sighs> What a night on Sixers Twitter.
1: It was a good one. feels like it's been a while since we had like a night. Yes. So and this is nice. This is nice. Like the Sixers up by a thousand early. Starting yep. off 17-0, very funny. Starting up 23-1. to Also funny. Significantly fun. funnier. Yep. Um, and then yeah Joel just doesn't doesn't come out for the second half he <laughs> just doesn't come out never
0: came out never saw him again and never the, saw him again the funniest part was okay so he's not out there yeah and you know Kate and Allah are like yeah hey, you know Paul Reed's starting the second half and he's like uh-huh is that it? it was mm-hmm. just, the, the the guy that Paul Reed is playing in place of is that MVP and he's, he's not he's not He's not there. And then minutes go by and they actually had the nerve to go, Hey, DeMar DeRozan won't return for the second half. He's got a sore quad. Mm-hmm. And you're mm-hmm. like, what the fuck? What the fuck? So the, the Twitter thing starts going crazy and people are like, what the fuck? And I'm like, what the fuck? And Kate comes on and goes, Oh, everyone relax. Don't worry. The Sixers just told us and beads not going to come back. Because they're up by so many points.
1: Yeah, that's, that's, you know, there's 24 (laughs) minutes left in the game. The Sixers are up 24. No one's ever blown a lead that big. (laughs) Seems like it'll be fine. We always do this. Yeah. Embiid, if you'll recall, in the playoffs last year, they were up, I think, 27 or 28 against Toronto with a couple (laughs) minutes left in the game. Yeah. Embiid's still in the game, took an elbow from Pascal Siakam, missed the rest of the Miami game. But yeah, normal stuff. Yeah. They're up by a plenty. Who gives a shit? You guys are fine. Stop freaking out. The, uh, very the fun. Best- so then, the, then the Sixers announce after the game, not, they're like, okay, okay, we're ready to not be lying anymore. Yeah. They say, sorry, sorry. Well, let me take my lying head off. Yeah. And, uh, and they say, it's just, it's simply mild calf soreness. And he will, he's planning on playing, expected to play. Friday against Golden State, which do I say? How mild is mild? People have different definitions of mild when it comes to spicy food. I would, uh, I would like to know a specific spicy level on Embiid's calf uh, yeah. before I feel any level of confidence.
0: Yeah, I want to also note that Kate and Allah doubled down on the yeah on the original yeah reason at one point. We but and and the 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 weirdness in their voice. They were like. Look, if this were a playoff game, he, you know, most likely would would yeah, be if here. If he was in if the
1: team was in trouble, he'd come back, I'm sure. Or, they're just trying to do their best. They don't have information. <laughs> <laughs> they're just doing what I mean, I, I would be saying if I was live on the on the broadcast talking to normals. I would be saying the craziest shit and have to apologize constantly for it. So I, I definitely can't begrudge them for saying whatever they're saying here, trying to just get by. Uh, but Allah yeah. being like, look, read my body language. And it's like, buddy, you're not on screen. You should know you're not on screen. We can't see you. If you, if you were on screen and you gave us like a wink, then it would be like, okay, there's something we can convey. But they were mostly just ignoring it. And so hard to know, hard to know.
0: Yeah, I, don't I, mean, know. I
1: think it's going to be fine at this yeah. point. Like I'm so we've dealt with so many like Joel injury scares mm-hmm. that it doesn't even register with me anymore. Yeah, I don't, I don't even feel fear. I just feel like this is it. It is. I've become like detached from it a little bit. Um,
0: but I don't know. I think it's probably be fine. Yeah. Well, I got to say, I'm not a huge fan of the soft uh, tissue injury. Um, because I disagree. Really? You're a fan. I love him. Nice and soft. Softer the better. Only because, and especially in the calf, because I always think of Achilles is what I think of. Yeah. Well, Harden's Harden. And when said he was out
1: today, it was, it said Harden parentheses Achilles, which is never a fun word to say.
0: And then by the way, Harden was on the bench for the first half and Mm -hmm. then was not on the bench for the second half maybe yeah. showing Embiid where his Achilles is. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't
1: know. I was imagining something where like they both, Harden was like, yo, we're up a bunch. You just want to like go somewhere? And they just like <laughs> leave and don't tell anybody. And they couldn't find him. I was imagining something like that. but That would be fun. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it seems like it definitely was some level of a scare or just they didn't know. And everybody tweeting, what the fuck? All the reporters, everybody just being like, we don't, no one is telling anybody. It's it's definitely weird. It's definitely weird. There's a chance that like, it said expected to play Friday. There's a chance that in like, the dead of night they announce like something worse. But what if I don't know? We've been we, guys. Starts, we've been through. We've uh, been through worse.
0: Whatever happens, we've been through. it. We'll be fine. What if the game starts on Friday and Paul Reed is starting and no one makes mention? Yeah, of it? starting center <laughs> Paul Reed.
1: Embiid uh, he'll be out eventually. Just give him a little time.
0: If this were a playoff game, he would most likely he'd be,
1: be watching yeah. he'd be watching yeah. at least yes uh he'd be in a jersey doc rivers on this is Newbeck. doc rivers on his level of concern re embed. not much not at all really i think he'll be ready for next game whenever you hear calf you just say that's it but not concerned okay <laughs> okay <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay you, you know you know like Here's the thing: we we get so much we we get credit (laughs) oftentimes from uh, the fans of other teams who listen to our podcast, and they always say, "I I feel like I hear the same thing all the time." They'll say, "You know, I'm not a Sixers fan; I'm a Blazers fan, or whatever the Hornets fan." We don't have anything really like you guys, and the reason that you don't have any anything like us is because there's no other franchise that specifically feeds their podcasters. Shit like this on such a consistent basis. There's simply no one that has the material. Our source material is amazing. It's it's like we've been. They give us the best script. They've given us the best writers. The the best story, and all we're doing is reacting to it. That's it. So I feel jealous for other the podcasters of other teams whose uh, best players come out for the second half, and and you don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Or or when their best players don't come out, they specifically say why, what the yeah. reason is. We're very lucky. Uh, Bodner on
1: uh, on the broadcast. Doc River said he expects Harden (parentheses Achilles, <laughs> scary parentheses) to be back for Friday's game against the Warriors, but I can't guarantee that. We're going to do whatever we can to be healthy. So mm. that's something.
0: I uh, probably not going to beat the Warriors at Golden State without Harden and Embiid is just mom well, Yes, I, they're, they're one of the best home teams, teams in
1: the league, and and one of the worst home World teams. They're so bizarre. Um, a great AU tweet about how uh, the organizational principle beyond behind this that unites these Sixers is lying. But I think it's always. I, I think that they're saying he said he says this specific years top to bottom commitment to lying. But I I just I think it's per, perennial. I think yeah since. I mean, really. Since we started doing the podcast, they are—they have been uh, famously lying and caught lying over and over again, repeatedly. Yeah. I Did remember. you know that they interviewed seventy-five candidates for uh, <laughs> Brian Calangelo's job? I remember getting,
0: and you know, they've on the whole, they've been respectful of us and good to us. I will give the organization oh, yeah. credit yeah, for yeah. sure. That you know. Some people who aren't here anymore didn't like us very much, talked about us maybe stealing money from charity on the internet. Yeah. Maybe, you know, Where would some you say other that people. person's feet are at this point? Uh, No, that's actually a different person. The, it, oh, it was, yeah, that's Brian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's right, Colangelo. You're right. That you're right, you're right, you're right. So at at one point during the false thing, we got a, a Twitter DM with like pictures of him shooting like on his back in some south jersey uh high school gym you know and like shooting with a giant basketball and like you know on roller skates like it was all this weird shit and i reached out and i was like hey uh we got this these pictures Mm -hmm. of faults doing all this weird shit and they were like yeah actually we totally know about that it's totally fine and i was just like you're lying yeah. You didn't know about this and it's not fine. Mm-hmm. He's not with your people anyway. Are we going to talk about the the game? The game? All right, let can we talk about, let's get LL out of the way and then we'll talk about the game. I offer congratulations to LL Pavorsky Jewelers as LL celebrated 35 years in business wow. at 707 Walnut. 35 years for LL Pavorsky. I know if you're listening to this podcast, you're like, LL just started when the podcast started. In many ways. In many ways, that's true. But the actual brick and mortar store was there long before. If you're going to buy any type of jewelry, most specifically an engagement ring, there is no one else you can go to but LL Pavorsky Jewelers. In fact, if you're at the store by appointment only, and he does not come out for the second half, he will specifically give you a real reason why he's not there for the second half. That's right. He won't just tell the broadcasters to lie for you. 313, 312, something like that. Right, Dricky Sanchez listeners have purchased engagement rings from LL, all of them thrilled. One, right, Dricky Sanchez podcaster has purchased an engagement ring from LL as That's well right. as wedding bands. Mm-hmm. That is Mike. For me, several anniversary gifts birthday gifts for my lovely wife, Valerie. For you, engagement ring, whatever you need. LL, he's the guy. If you want to buy an engagement ring, you got to make an appointment because he wants to be able to give you person-to-person service. 215-627-2252. Lee at llpavorsky.com or tweet him at LL Pavorsky, a generous supporter of our charities, Providence Animal Center and the Mamatis Community Fridge, LL Pavorsky Jewelers. He's always there for you. And when he's not... Let's just hope he's taking a huge shit. <laughs> the, the first half was a lot of fun. Yeah. It was Embiid, point guard Embiid, again, seven assists in the first half. Also, a couple of hockey assists in there, too. The Embiid getting double teamed at the nail shooting it off to the, like the, the wing or whatever, and then getting the wide open corner three is a thing I've seen a lot when it's the Embiid-centric uh, non-hardened offense, which we saw. And it was a particularly fantastic first half from Paul Reed as it was, he was just so much of him in, the, the, in, in his minutes. He has the highest per 36 Paul Reed of anyone in the NBA. Yeah, pretty. hands down. Hands yeah. down. It's overwhelming. His Paul Reed is overwhelming. Um, yep.
1: and first, he, he really does love to distribute now. Like since, since, uh, since Simmons is gone. And I think playing with Harden has sort of shown him the, the ways he can distribute. And mm-hmm. I think made him into a better, at least seeing the floor type passer, his passes sometimes because of the shape of his hands or something are still very bizarre. There was a play from a couple weeks ago. We actually didn't talk about on the podcast, but where he, uh, he threw the ball so so bad out of bounds, missed by like several dozen feet. And it's just once in a while you're gonna get that from Embiid. But but as, as far as like seeing the court, really loves to to distro when, when James is out. I mean, truly, like seven, how many says he has seven seven, seven. assists in 16 minutes? Yeah. Um, he's having a blast. Um I thought that um I thought that him and him and Tobias had a nice rhythm together tonight. Um, it just felt like they were like on the same page in a good way, uh, which is funny because earlier in the game MB did smack the shit out of him by mistake going yeah. up for rebound. Yeah. Um and then elbow, tried to right in there, right in cheek. Yeah. And then uh and then tried to uh pay him back with an alley oop dunk that they couldn't connect on. But, you know, never Tobias with a partner in transition, it's just not gonna work out. Um, but yeah, I mean MB it's I mean, he's the man. Like, he can do anything. It it really starts to remind you of, like the obviously I I wasn't alive for this, but there was the season that like Wilt Chamberlain was like, I'm just going to average 10 assists per game. Yeah, and then he did, and it's like that's crazy. And B could do that if he wanted to. Um, he's incredible. He's he's on he's just on another level right now. And it's like he's it's it, frustrating that he played so well in the in the first Bulls game and they didn't win that game because if anybody else plays decent, then they then they win. But
0: yeah, he's just right now, he's just the best player in the league. You mentioned the Tobias and Embiid rhythm. There's one thing that happened, and I don't think it happened more than twice, but it reminded me of Clippers Tobias. And uh, by the way, Bodner posted a thing, I don't think I read the the accompanying article, just talking about Sixers percentage of shots off the catch. It was amazing to see Tobias Harris's has gone in the last two years from like 21% to 75%. And every time that we complain that he's, he's drifting back just to think about the amount of change that he has gone through is pretty amazing. But so Clippers Tobias was ball handler, pick and roll Tobias a lot. Now, that was not a great Clippers team, but he seemed pretty good at it. Mm -hmm. And there was one pick and roll with Tobias as the ball handler that almost seemed Harden-esque in that it worked in the same way. He hit Embiid, 13 feet away yep. Embiid had a wide open jumper and I just Tobias won- called for the pick for it
1: also and Embiid was oh, like yeah? alright this fucking guy I'm gonna have to set picks for th- I'll set picks for Harden sometimes Maxi, but like now this guy I have to fucking set picks yeah. for but he was like okay at least I'm getting the ball out of it that's fine
0: yeah it was nice it was just nice yeah. to see that action because you you would have at one point imagined that that would have been something that they could run um, I imagine to your point mm-hmm. that Embiid is not thrilled setting picks for like no. literally everybody but it was. It looked kind of nice.
1: It worked. No, but yeah. t- I mean, Tobias was awesome. He was awesome tonight. He had, he was in the first half. He was when the game was never really competitive, but he finishes 20 points on five of nine shooting. Got to the line. Hit was hitting shots off the catch. One time he had a um, off the catch. Beverly was right in front of him. And it's totally the kind of thing where it, when he's going wrong, he's pump faking that and going or backing him down from 25 feet and wasting the shot clock and just thinking about stuff. But he the the pass I forget who threw it to him, but it caught him right right in the shooter pocket. He rose up and the, it, it bounced off the rim several times and was reward, the rim rewarded Tobias for taking a, the right catch and shoot uh, three by going in. And uh, yeah, it was awesome. I mean, uh, he came very close to getting a triple double. He was a plus forty, um, which is which is a wild number. Um, I wanted him to get the triple double. I was a little annoyed that Doc didn't keep him in the game for it. It felt like a very undocked move to like pull him with three minutes left to be like, he can really two assists, one rebound, he
0: can get there. By the way, another reason to your your, your, just talking about statistics, another reason that it was absolutely impossible yeah. that Embiid was not returning to the game is because if there's anyone in the world that wanted Embiid's 30-point streak to continue, it's fucking Embiid. 100%. Like,
1: or at the yeah. very least, like he'll play like the first six minutes of the, of the sec, second half and he gets a triple-double out of it. And you can yeah. go like, all right, fine, that's fine. Yeah. Whatever, I can sit now. But yeah, something definitely was up. It wasn't like <laughs> the idea that'd be like, that's fine, it's yeah. fine, Yeah. You want, you like, you get, you get home and the door's wide open. I am like, yeah, it's probably, we probably just forgot to leave, the, to close the door. Yeah. It was it's open. Wi- the whole time. It's it was wide. Fine. It's, we's always, we always leave yeah. the door open. <laughs> it's probably fine. It's probably t- totally normal. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a great Tobias game, and I want to. This didn't happen on a pod night, but three dunks for Tobias yes. in a very short amount of time in that first Bulls game. yep I got several dozen. Yes, absolutely. Okay. I got several dozen people tweeting at me about that. It's great. Yeah, uh, he didn't get one tonight. He came close a couple times, um, but he is he is. I think he's nine away with eleven with ten games left. So we got to we, we got to get him there. We just got to yeah. get him there. Nine away with 10 games left. Oof.
0: That's, you know, he could go three or four games in a row without a dunk. That's yeah. the thing. But not know? if he listens to this podcast. No, no. He knows he, he needs to do it. And by the way, two games in a row for D'Anthony Melton, just drilling threes. You know what I mean? The Both Bulls games, Melton came up big. He still is just has we joke about Giannis joke about having no bag. Melton truly just has no bag at all with the ball. Really? Like I'm terrified every time he's dribbling and trying to do anything. Like he's okay. He's not a bad ball handler, but he doesn't, seem like he knows exactly what he wants to do he's a good like point A to point B guy yeah. but when he starts moving around I get nervous but very you know Maxi had a couple of off weeks and then Melton had a few off weeks and they're they're both cooking at the same time which is good yeah it's nice to see them both playing well at the same time i I, I think yeah he's definitely a straight line driver
1: um but he he rarely tries to do except for the, a couple of crazy finishes he rarely tries to do too much. Um, he has a nice little crossover that you can occasionally get guys on, but that's that's pretty much it. Um, he's automatic from deep these days. Like he's just automatic. He's four of nine tonight. He has been. We talk. We talk a lot about it. it was really, Covington was the was the was the you know perennial guy for this. Of like, forty percent shooters do not always shoot forty percent from three. Yeah. But if you look at his, as in like all the time they shoot fifty percent one time, twenty percent whatever. But mind, every. Mind month this season except for one De'Anthony melton has been over 40 percent from three for the month that's a that's a crazy level of consistency um and he's just stepping into whatever like any it, whether it's in transition he's from a full sprint or if he's backing into something or the occasional off the dribble thing like he's just a he's turned himself into like from the guy he was when he got drafted a really really good dependable consistent like his his uh his form looks the same every time. He's just a really good shooter, and that's really helpful. He's he's a totally like Hall of Fame type role player for me. I like I love this. I love role, I love role players that play defense and get rebounds. He had a huge rebound over Andre Drummond, who is not a good rebounder. He's just tall. Um, it's a huge a huge rebound over Dandre, over Andre Drummond, uh, and then a putback hook over uh, Dark Jones, who's a tough guy to score against because he's so long and, and jumpy. Um, and then he flexed after that was nice. And I just really love he, he, like he's been getting steals like crazy and coming around like when guys aren't looking like poking them from behind and everything. And I love how much he and Maxi like each other. I love it. I truly love it. That it's a, it's a borderline like body language, Mike vibes, Mike type thing, which I've, Mm. I haven't been as much the past year or two, but like these two guys could have had like some sort of issue with each other, getting benched for one another, um doc you know kind of, you know on a worse team or on a, a different set of guys like being there being a rivalry or jealousy between the two of them but mm, they always gives. have like a blast around each other and it's you can tell like they're fucking with each other in post-game interviews and like when one person doesn't make a shot the other person's like giving him shit for it in a fun way like it's it's awesome and i i, I love both those guys i hope that they're both here for a really long time obviously um you might want to get to people paul but but really quickly Maxie, um I was hoping that this would be the game that Maxi starts to like because we've seen flashes of it, but I want to see him where he's like, "I'm the point, no Harden, I'm the point guard of this team. I'm going to be the guy to." It's not really natural distribute for him at all, but it's not natural. He can make those passes sometimes, but his his he's such a mindset guy, and I think Doc like puts this mindset into him also sometimes. Where he's like we need you to score, look for your shot, um, get into a rhythm, get to the rim, all that stuff. Um, but really, like the guys that were that were distributing was Embiid and Tobias. Um, and, and b- extremely bizarrely, maybe it's because they just had so many, they had 76 points in the first half, but that was the season high in assists in, for the first half that the Sixers have had this season. Um, and the most assists they've had in a half since 2019 per, per Kate Scott, which is crazy to do that without James Harden, who's leading the league in assists. Um, but Max, he's just he's just a scorer right now, and he's he can still make a couple of passes, but really his mindset is still scoring. And I love watching him get his puppies organized when he gets his uh, feet together for three. Um, the the floaters from the corner when he's coming in baseline, and there's a guy on his hip, and then there's a big guy stepping up in front of him. That's not a shot that human beings should be capable of making. That is such a difficult shot. He's got a guy like there's he's getting boxed in between those two guys and the sideline and the side of the backboard. There's not like a backboard to help him. If he hits front rim and goes out, it is such a tough shot and he makes those all the time. He makes those all the time. It is a wild shot. He is such a special player. And I really like we, we've been on the defense for Maxi for a while. Forces a steal on the, on an inbounds pretty early in the game on Pat Beverly. And he forces a backcourt violation on, I think it was, I think it was, I, I just assumed it might've been Kobe white. Um, Really nice. Just a bunch of good stuff. He's just doing a bunch of good stuff these
0: days. And I'm, I'm, I love the guy. I love the kid. He's awesome. Statement from Kate Scott about her mid-game announcements. This is directly from Kate Scott's Twitter. Hey, Sixers fans. I was having some fun on here with y'all because of the score tonight, but know that one of the first rules of broadcasting is never speculate on an injury. So if I ever mention an injury or a guy not returning or any of it that comes 100% from a team official, that's why I said the first time, that's why I said the first time I stated it and multiple times after, according to a team official and per a team official, you never guess as an announcer. Cool? Cool. Love y'all and your passion for this team. Seven in a row on the road to San Francisco We go. On that note, we found out post game from the team and then reposted Keith Pompey's mild right. Calf tightness tweet Kate don't worry about it I don't think anyone specifically blamed you for that it was just funny that you were their messenger in in this they're put
1: in a tough position there's no there's nothing for them to do yeah if they go like I don't know why they're not fucking telling us anything (laughs) like you can't you can't do that you can't do that yeah you get fired
0: yeah but that's what I would say and that's why I don't have that job B-ball Paul was pure chaos tonight. Um, you know, there was a moment where Tobias got pretty mad at him during the last game. He had a, you know, a couple of, he, but he was, he, he had a couple of moments in the last game, but I thought this game, he was particularly good. couple of offensive rebounds, uh, chaos everywhere. That block was a real block. Absolutely. That, that got called goaltending for, um, he was and, great. And that, and that a jump stop, the jump stop also, I should have given it to him. Yeah, it was
1: close enough. It was close enough. You should have given it to him. There's plenty of guys. Corkmaz walked at the end of the game. They didn't call that. I wish they called the Corkmaz walk instead of the, the B-Ball Paul little like crow hop walk. Yeah. Um, that was tough for me. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely not a goaltend. Ridiculous. I think that that should be something that, look, it's early in the game, whatever. But like, that's... That's what the is challenge is for. Never going. But it's two to it is truly two points. But like it's not There's like no it's a way. foul call. It's he not whatever. Them. It's like literally literally two points. He you can have do you want to keep them from getting two points or do you want to save it for some like mystical future that might be something? Joel he, didn't even play the fucking second half. So he didn't He wasn't using it for Joel. So it should have I when you can get two points back, you use it. It doesn't matter when in the game it is. It doesn't matter where you get the two points back and that's it and that's fine. That's what what it My, should be all the time. Doc would rather take <laughs> no. the challenge and give it to the other team. I know, I know use it on you're B-ball You're hundred <laughs> percent right. I'm not arguing what doc would say. I'm saying that he's wrong <laughs> to say it and think it, uh, because two points is two points. And also b ball. Paul deserved that block. That was ridiculous.
0: Doc um, would, if you gave Jack, doc a jigsaw and you were like, all right, the options are somebody yeah. random pisses in your food once a year, or you yeah. have to use a challenge on no. ball. Paul, he would take the, he f- would take, he would
1: take food. piss food all the time. Um, he was awesome tonight. He was awesome. Yeah. He's a fucking, he's the man, dude. He's just the man on the offensive glass all the time. He, he's he been getting offensive rebounds and passing out of it, not just doing like crazy ball ball stuff where he t- tries to like whirlwind in for a layup, which he can also do and he should do, but he's been passing out of it, being a good boy that Doc doesn't get upset about. Found shake for an end once night. That was nice. Had a transition uh, Euro dunk off of a Melton and steal and fast break. That was really nice. I, lo- I, love the, I love the dunk off of that, not just a little soft layup. Like if you can dunk, you should be dunking. Joel needs to do that more often as well. And someone tweeted at the, at the Ricky account uh, a couple weeks ago about this, and I just checked it tonight to make sure. B-ball Paul Reed. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say this to him with a live show. Okay. This is a little ahead of time. He's going to be at Live Ricky
0: 5, by the way.
1: He's going to be at Live Ricky 5. He didn't yep. get traded, thank God. Yeah. Well, Otherwise, it would have been a victory tour with fucking George Niang or fucking yeah. me. Yeah. Uh, he is the Sixers all-time franchise leader in offensive rebound percentage. All-time. In the history of the organization, he's, I'm going to go, let me go four to one. Four, Charles Barkley at 13.5%. Three, Reggie Evans. His only NBA skill was getting offensive rebounds. Third all-time in Sixers history. Two, Moses fucking Malone. At 15.5%, B-Ball Paul, Moses 2, 15.5, B-Ball Paul won at 17.1%. And he had two more tonight. He is a stunningly good basketball player that make things, that makes things happen everywhere. You can switch with him. You can play drop with him because he's, great, he's a great shot blocker at the rim. He should have had another one tonight. He had one he, on uh, Levine. He should have had another one on Kobe White. He's just he's just awesome. He shoots 40% from three in the G League. I wanna next season, I wanna to start to see that fucking translate. I want to. I love the guy. He's the man. If Doc benches him at any point in the playoffs, I'm gonna lose my goddamn mind. He's, nah, he's awesome. He he's historically good now. We can say that. I he's just a, a special little weirdo. I love him. I'm so happy he's here. I'm so happy he's the starter or the the main bench guy for for Joel. And I totally, if like in the right situation. Oh, no. Absolutely play him at the four sometimes. Oh, yeah. yeah Once funny. in a while, when they need a burst of energy, and you don't want to take Joel out. Absolutely put B-Ball Paul in at the four. You ha- like you can do that. He needs to be able to that. That has to be a card that Doc can play in the playoffs. I want to see it. Um. Anyway,
0: B-Ball Paul is the best. He is, he is, you, he will be at Live Ricky Five. And I know you're saying, wow, there's only going to be a few hundred people at Live Ricky Five. Well, the good news is, thanks to Mortgage CS, Live Ricky Five will be shot professionally on video and released a few days later. Um, have CJ, fucking fix it up and it'll be all on YouTube. We'll do a special YouTube premiere right as the first round begins. So thank you to Mortgage CS. You might not know the CS in Mortgage CS stands for ca- calf soreness. <laughs> It is actually mortgage cash. And mortgage stands for mild. Yeah. (laughs) CS stands for concierge service because they are going to fucking take care of you like a concierge does. Uh, Mortgage CS is a mortgage broker, not a lender. So you're not getting the money directly from Mortgage CS. What Mortgage CS's job is to do is when you need a mortgage or whether you want to refinance, whatever it is, they go to all the banks. And they find you the best rate. And I know you when you Google it, you see the rate. The rate that you see when you Google is not always the rate. The rate that you see the banks advertise is not always the rate. They're like, ah, there's another quarter point on that, blah, 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 blah. The good thing about Mortgage CS is they figure that shit out. They explain it to you in human terms. And that way, you know, they're also independent, meaning they do not have any secret ties to any of these banks. So the only person they're working for is you, 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 you. I love Mortgage CS. Everyone, every listener who has gone to Mortgage CS has come back to us and said, you know, everything you said about Mortgage CS, I wouldn't even think about using anybody else. Also, a couple people who already had a mortgage lender lined up, there's nothing saying that you can't get a second opinion. You can't go to Mortgage CS. They're responsive, they are honest. They're independent, and they have a cool Ricky site. Go to mortgagecs.com slash Ricky, mortgagecs.com slash Ricky. You can set up your, your consultation there. You can also see the cool site they set up for us. Or I want you to take this number down. It has been the CEO's cell phone number. I want you to text, if you're listening right now live or watching on YouTube, I want you to text Ben and ask him what happened, why Joel B didn't come out for the second half right now. 267-391-7425. That is 267-391-7425. That's Ben's cell number. They're always going to be available for you because when you're buying a house, you need your mortgage person to always be available for you. Again, MortgageCS.com slash Ricky, MortgageCS.com slash Ricky, or call or text Ben anytime at 267-391-7425. So many Ricky listeners happy. And thank you to Mortgage CS for presenting our special video presentation of Live Ricky 5, which will happen just after Easter. This advertisement is not a commitment to lend or extend credit. Mortgage CS is an equal housing opportunity mortgage broker. All loans are subject to credit approval. Certain restrictions may apply. Company NMLS 1464-766. Visit mortgagecs.com slash Ricky for more information. Couple last things on the game. Yep. I
1: thought it was a good transition defense game. Mm -hmm. Uh, It helps when... Uh, You keep scoring and they don't have an opportunity to do it. And Chicago seem to uh, give up on not just this game, but possibly their season uh, at some point uh, during this game. But they still just too easily double, man. They still they just too easily give it up like all the time. Vucevic gets the ball in the post and he doesn't have to do anything. They're already like starting to like leave their guys to just be there. And it's just one pass to Pat Williams for a wide open three. And George Nian can't get there fast enough because he's in the paint. Like, I, I just don't know why you're giving that to them. I just re- I really don't understand. Um, but I thought it was a nice, dangerously nice Daniel House. A couple of few moments there. Uh. Driving baseline, finds a rolling Embiid. That was nice. A few plays later, Joel, uh, with some fancy dribbling in transition, hits House for a transition dunk. He has been he, shooting threes off the catch, which is he, something he. nice. Like Jonathan
0: Simmons, Daniel House in his head sees a different player than everyone else sees. No, absolutely. He's a better shooter than Jonathan Simmons is. Yeah, but there is that serious, like... He's making moves and yeah. you're like, wait a minute, you can't make that move. Yeah. And then he turns it over and but I, misses a shot. Yeah, something. but
1: I do like the occasional, like, I'm going to dunk on this person. Yes, like I'm Dominique sure. Wilkins in my prime. Like yeah, I, I like I, that part. I like that part and I, I think it's helpful. But yes, absolutely. He's going to do, he's going to play for 25 seconds in, in a playoff game, do something insane and get pulled very quickly. Um, that was a good PJ Tucker game. Uh, yes, it was. It, it was a very nice, my favorite thing. He hit a three that was not in the dead corner. Did you notice
0: that? It wasn't a three. It ended up being a two. Oh. The one I didn't that know he said st- the one that they like dared him to take and yes. he stepped back. It ended up foot on the line. That's a really tough hit for me. That's <laughs> yes. so, that's so was, sad was, to hear because I liked it so much. It I was, was like, wait, that's necessary. like
1: not exactly the corner. That's like a little bit up. That's almost the wing. That's like <laughs> yeah, almost the wing, but he stepped on the fucking. Keep line. inching up, and he's like, that's why I stepped on the line. So that's why you don't want me, want me to do yeah. it. Yeah, uh, that sucks. Yeah, um, but I'm glad I, I thought it was it was solid. And it's just it's just it's nice to have this team between PJ, between Melton, between. Paul Reed and the occasional rotation uh, players. We got
0: rotation players. We
1: got rotation players that like will get a 50-50 ball. Yeah. And that's nice to see. Jalen McDaniels when he's healthy, like the guys that can just like be long and and athletic and out jump people because there were times before Paul was in the rotation, before Jalen got here, when PJ was looking dead, where it was just Melton and like everybody else was just like in a walker. And a, just like hoping that the ball would fall into them, and everybody else just getting like out rebounded, out tough, out physical, out out juiced everywhere. And so I'm glad that that there's a little few more guys in there. Um, I might. I, this does not mean anything because I hope he doesn't play. Because I hope it's just B-Ball Paul. But like I, I do think Dwayne Dedmon is okay. He's been fine. I
0: think he's okay. He's been fine. In in a world where like. I mean, we, <laughs> if everybody's trying, I, I don't know how it's going to be, but he's been fine in the yeah. games that we've seen. So far. he's big. He's long. Yeah. He knows what he's supposed to do. He a missed a couple shot.
1: shots tonight, like yeah. in like floater range over like under drum and whatever. But the idea that that Embiid is going to have a fully healthy playoffs, I hope is the case, obviously. But like. It seems unlikely. Odds are there's gonna be a game or two that Joel misses for whatever freak accident we have to suffer through. Um, and then Deadman becomes like a twenty two minute a game guy, uh, in those times. So so at least he'll be setting screens, he'll be rebounding, he'll be uh he'll be catching, you know, maybe whatever is just short of a lob. Um and he had a nice block on Zach Levine. I thought that was like a good, like, okay, like. When the Sixers got him, it was, hey, yeah, he's been looking bad, but he's been dealing with this like foot thing, and we think he's past that. And so I was like, okay, let's see if they're right. But rising up to block Zach Levine is not something that like, you know, Trez wouldn't have done. Um, so I'm, so I'm at least reasonably, reasonably pleased about that. And then I got to say it, Spike, Jaden Springer. Oh my god, I can't believe we're doing everybody on the whole roster. Just Jaden Springer. Okay. Every time he comes in in garbage time, he does something good every time he does something good he shows something in instance i still need the catch and shoot threes i'm dying for catch and shoot threes it seems like the balls never get swung to him obviously he's playing with like bench guys that don't like he's not attract even be double teams he is yeah. going to be on the sixers next year and he's going to be in the rotation no he's, he's in yeah and i and i'm going to need i'm gonna, we're going to in 3 months or 4 months whenever summer league is i'm going to need him to destroy in summer league i want him to put someone into the basket and like pants them and embarrass them in vegas i want to be there for it I'm very excited about that. He's not going to play in the playoffs. Obviously, we know that. Okay. If maybe I wouldn't mind him for a possession or two, but it's not going to happen. But next season he's absolutely in the rotation.
0: Um, that's unlikely. So the Sixers are now half a game behind the Celtics for the two seed. Celtics are fifty and twenty-three, and the Sixers are forty-nine and twenty-three. Games remaining, and this was including this was before tonight. The Sixers have the toughest schedule remaining in the NBA with a 559 win percentage of their opponents. Yeah. The Celtics have the 16th toughest and the the Bucks have the uh, the 17th toughest. If we see any like if Embiid misses 2 or 3 games or something, I think they can pretty much kiss the 2 seed goodbye. Um but we'll see. It would have been nice to get the two seed. I thought it was more important, I think, than many people did, but I thought it was important. Yeah, I don't know. I just want them yeah. to keep playing well. I, yeah. To me, it's
1: if they're healthy and we'll see, um, you know, it'd be nice to get the two seed. It'd be nice to have the home home court, but the, the Sixers do have the best road record in the league. Um, I think we've seen them be capable of winning games that they shouldn't and losing games that they absolutely should um, win. So um, they're going to have to, they're going to have to beat tough teams. They're going to have to beat tough teams on the road. Mm-hmm. When they're playing at their best, they have the best or one of the best offenses in the league. And, and their defense to me has not shown that like high, high level ability to kind of stop anybody. And um, it's really like, you know, it's a lot of it is hardened ball watching. It really is like, I think he's a better defensive one-on-one guy than sometimes when he's locked in that people give him credit for, but he really just like watches guys on defense and and other guys are reacting to and Doesn't miscommunicating off of that that like, oh, this guy's like just sort of like looking at the ball and like kind of pointing at something and somebody is like expected to like follow what he's talking about. It just happens too often where they just miscommunicate and all of a sudden somebody cuts one way and somebody goes with that and then Harden thinks he's with that guy, but that guy's with that guy and it's just like, well, what? What are we doing? So... To me, the, the defense still isn't there where I go like, yeah, no matter what seed we can beat anybody, but, you know, Embiid's still Embiid, and they have a bunch of guys that compete on the defensive end, and let's see if the communication gets better once the guys, the you know, Maxi has been better, obviously, but when, once Harden really, like, decides to
0: pay attention on defense, let's see if it, it improves. We'll get to the mailbags and the voicemail, and I have an official statement regarding J.J. Redick right after we talk to you about body bio. There's going to be a contest at Live Reiki 5 that Mike, a listener contest, is an attendee contest in which the winner will get a Body Bio prize pack. Mike, it'll be full of ELite. It'll be full of Gut Plus. It'll be full of all of the great products that Body Bio is serving you with. Body Bio is a company that wants to make you healthier. Body Bio helped me as I use ELite. I've actually started as Mike from Body Bio calls it, mainlining E-Lite. I don't put it in a drink anymore. I swig it at night and swig it in the morning. It's very salty, very, very salty when you do it uh, directly like that, but it helps. E-Lite helps your hydration. Hydration is not just water, right? You need electrolytes, you need balance. And E-Lite gives you that balance without sugar, without artificial colors, without artificial flavors, just straight electrolytes. Help me, help my 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 uh what's it called um cramps cramps help my cramping problem that i had in my legs had my abdomen sometime and then there's gut plus the only gut supplement that you need that has helped mike out immeasurably over the last both, several months.
1: both of them both of them i've been trying to get my dad on on gut plus on uh oh really El-
0: also because he cramps after basketball. i'm oh, like what are you doing uh, Yeah, you got to take the e-light. Gut Plus is very quickly is a, a prebiotic and a postbiotic. Essentially what it does is it gets rid of all the bacteria in your gut. It allows your gut to produce its normal probiotics. So you don't have to take a probiotic supplement and it gets rid of all of those nasty little things that you want a gut supplement to get rid of. The bloat, help you be more regular, all that kind of stuff. We trust body bio. I love BodyBio. Family owned, family operated company. What I want you to do is go to BodyBio.com and use code FireCJ for 20% off. That is FireCJ for 20% off. BodyBio.com. Mike, we got a lot of good feedback on our last podcast. Of course, you being back in um, the evisceration. Not not technically true. In a new place, right? Not back, but somewhere you've never been before. It was yeah, the and immediately the losing pie. one of the ugliest offensive games of all time for sure. Um, and then I went on sort of like a torrid rant about fuck everybody. It's one of those things, and I laid into JJ Reddick, and I got a lot of positive feedback on laying into JJ Reddick. But one thing I received a bunch of emails about, and I actually saw a Reddit thing about, was that the place where I went too far was that I shouldn't have laughed about him. Uh, and his um, conflict with Kendrick Perkins. It's like, no, JJ was actually right in his argument with Kendrick Perkins. I started thinking more about JJ Redick. And over the years, I've heard so many people talk about former player announcers and talk about how they suck and former coach announcers. Charles Barkley, oh, he sucks, he doesn't know anything. Shaq, he sucks, he doesn't know anything. Kenny Smith, he sucks, he doesn't know anything. The Van Gundys, they suck. They don't know anything. Chris Webber, Reggie Miller, they suck. He doesn't know anything. And along comes J.J. Reddick and everybody says, oh my God, J.J.'s right about it. J.J.'s like, he's fucking great. And all J.J. Redick has ever done is read online basketball media and spit it right back to you. So everybody who liked J.J. Reddick just like hearing the things that they said back to them. There's no way that J.J. Reddick is right about everything. And Charles Barkley, Shaquille O'Neal, Kenny Smith, Chris Weber, the Van Gunnies, they're all wrong about everything. And then he kept doing it. He kept looking online and saying, oh, you know what? I'm going to fucking yell at Mad Dog Russo about how dumb he is about sports. Ha, 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 ha. Everybody loves it. Now I'm going to yell at Stephen A. Smith. Ha, 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 ha. Everybody loves it. And then he's looking online and he's like, everybody thinks Jokic is the best. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do a video about how everybody who doesn't think Jokic is good is a dumb fuck. Ha 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 ha. So then Kendrick Perkins comes out. And Kendrick Perkins suggests that there may be racial bias. And and he never called anyone racist. Kendrick Perkins suggests that maybe giving Nikola Jokic an MVP for the third straight time something that Michael Jordan never got or LeBron James never got from a mostly white media, maybe there's racial bias. JJ Reddick is looking online and he's good. Everyone is just slamming Kendrick Perkins. So he goes on TV and he's just fucking tries to eviscerate Kendrick Perkins. Now we're talking about the same JJ Reddick who said that all of the negative, um, All of the negative uh, press for LeBron and Kevin Durant about their decisions was fueled by racism. That is what JJ Redick said. JJ Redick telling everybody else what is racist. JJ Redick also, during the George Floyd stuff, the police are racist and the the Republicans are racist and the Oscars are racist. JJ Redick, JJ Redick, JJ Redick. Everything's racist. Then a black former basketball player who was in the media, who played in a mostly black league had a question about a mostly white media giving a player an honor that the greatest black basketball players in in history have never gotten. And instead of JJ Reddick listening and thinking maybe possibly I could be doing something racist, he fucking shouted that guy down. And it was the one time that reading everything online and spitting it back at people didn't work for him. And now he's fucked. And now everybody's turning on him. the audience is turning on him. Stephen A. Smith is turning on, everybody's fucking turning on him. And I will not allow everyone who told me how fucking great he was to forget that they told me he was great. And he has been a fucking phony the entire time. To look a, a black person in the eye, On ESPN and tell him what is racist and what is not racist after you have paraded around for years telling, accusing anyone who would listen of people being racist is fucking ridiculous. The guy sucks. He's a phony. He's a fraud. He wasn't even that good a basketball player. And he's always been this person. He's always been this person. So I am glad that he looked stupid arguing with Kendrick Perkins and whether Kendrick Perkins, I don't know what is racist and what's not racist. I don't know who votes and who doesn't vote or why they vote one way or why they don't vote another way. All I know is that it is not crazy to bring it up. And the way he handled that was inappropriate and he sucks. There you go. That's what I got.
1: I don't listen to the. I mean, I just don't watch the take. I thought he's just. I think he's just good on a
0: broadcast. <laughs> like, I, but just I think, I think he sucks on the but. But the broadcast too. I I think like all he's doing is spitting the same. I mean, I don't think. I don't think. I think you're spinning
1: that to what? Why I don't like Charles and Shaq is because they don't. They obviously don't try. They're obviously not like
0: reading They're and obvi- learning and like
1: paying attention to like who what teams players are on or like anything. They're obviously just being like I can just. Be charismatic and, like, we have a fun vibe. And they do. And for some people, people like people like that. But, like, it frustrates me to, that they're, like, so actively just, like, regurgitating the same shit. Um, and that JJ and, like, Richard Jefferson um seem to, like, give more of a shit about, like, you know, what is happening in the league and not just going, like, the same stuff that all, like, old guys say is, I, I think, I think better. But I, I don't watch the first take stuff, so... But uh, yeah, I think there absolutely is uh, racial bias in in well, it, everything, including the MVP voting, for sure.
0: Well Whether there is or not, I guess my point is you can't run around accusing people of racism all the time, like he has. Blindfully. I haven't heard him. I, don't, I guess I'll, I don't listen to JJ talk that much. I'll send I don't, you. I haven't heard I'll send so you like the Insta. plenty of links. Plenty of links. You can't run around talking, talking about, about the Oscars. Everybody, is he is he commenting uh, no, that much? I, prob- I probably added in the office.
1: Like, it feels like you're, you were but listening a lot up. of
0: things that he was commenting on. I don't remember him saying that much. I, but he has. He ha- and in fact, here's my favorite one, was a couple of years ago. This is one of my favorite quotes from him who did not listen. He said, Ahem, Uh, I would say, first of all, I don't think it's just the past few weeks I've been involved in this. I felt like a lot of people, more people need to speak up um, since George Floyd was murdered. But this is not something that's new for me. I don't think it's new for me. A lot of the stuff Chelsea and I have done in the past have not been public, and that's intentional. I think in trying to listen, especially listen to black voices, you have to figure out when you should step aside.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that's, a, I think that's
0: absolutely true. And, and I just it's think it's funny. the a weird
1: she, situation that he, yeah, that he was, it's just, like, this is, I'm now's the time I'm going to argue that it's actually not that at all.
0: Right. And, so. and again, th- like I, whether any of these things are racist, I, 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 I cast no judgment on those things. I, I don't know. I have no idea. All I know is that, That was an improper reaction to what Kendrick Perkins said, especially because I thought what Kendrick Perkins said was not quite as uh, inflammatory as it was presented you know, like he, he didn't run around pointing and saying racist, racist, racist. So that's all I'm saying is that, that I, it's, it wasn't crazy for him to suggest that it might be possible. And the idea that you can walk around and say other people are racist, but when the finger gets pointed at you, and by the way, like, this is why so many media people were outraged at what Kendrick Perkins said is because he shined the light back on them. They like, these are they, back on you. Like what is going on here? This is weird. And everybody was like, how dare you suggest that might be possible. Anyway. Email or voicemail? What do you want first? I feel email. like I can't email. Um, all right. This comes from, oh boy, that's really long, but it's good. This comes from Becca, right? Stricky Sanchez at gmail.com. Dear Adam Abbey Zoe M O C N A U. Wow. I yeah. I, I feel the need to ramble about Daryl and his impact on the league. Since the hardened Houston era, I've had major problems with Daryl and the annoying way media members follow his ideologies, but I'll keep it respectful. The take is this. Daryl Morey almost single-handedly is responsible for the spread of analytics and the rise of dorkism in the NBA, and I feel the Sixers fans don't even realize this. The intellectual superiority and haughtiness found in analysts like Michael Pena is all because of Daryl's persona and the creation of the Sloan Conference— Uh, Daryl has given rise to the notion that the NBA can be broken down into a math equation like it's Moneyball, which directly created the Jokic three-peat situation. In business, updating your priors is the last thing people want to do, which is why these nerds so staunchly make absolute statements. They can't comprehend that their models were flawed in any way and led to the wrong conclusion. In fact, Pena unintentionally leaked the subconscious thought that every nerd like him and Andy Bailey shares. He said Jokic would win MVP every year if the award was voted on by robots who don't factor in voter fatigue. That's it. If they had their way, the NBA would be robotically boiled down to whichever team and player had the best advanced analytics. Enough with this bullshit. We're losing the spirit of what makes basketball fun. As Michael Arvinds once said, we're losing recipes. What do you think yeah. of Becca's take? I, I just think
1: that like anybody still arguing that like, it's either you watch the games or you do the analytics is like stuck in an argument from 10 years ago. It's just not the case. Like everybody that is worth listening to, including Daryl, even when he's at his most annoying, <laughs> is doing both. Like absolutely, there are and there are ac- there are there are statistics and analytics that we don't have access to that teams do. Obviously, defense in the NBA, even in in, in baseball, it's it's harder to quantify than offense. Um, it is it is not the publicly available stats are not good and not really worth paying attention to in, in any way. There are some there are some analytics and numbers and on off splits and everything that, that can shine a light on like, oh, this is something that you might not have realized and uh is worth checking out more and, and figuring out more and seeing like is there something to it? And does it does it conflict with something that your eyes are telling you? But like there's no there's no one out there that's doing just one thing. Or they're fuck and if there are, then they're fucking idiots. But, but it's her- just like it's ridiculous. Like it's just they're, the i the test guys being like fucking, you know, 10 years ago, Monte Ellis is like an all-star is like, well, that he wasn't like, he was a, he was a chucker. He didn't do much else. Like those kinds of people was like that they were, they were like not seeing the game from, from multiple levels. And the people that are, that if you're just using catch all, all in one analytic stats are, are, are the same. And it's, there's just not that many people that are like respectable or worth listening to that are only doing one. It's just like, but we're don't we're you, in the future now. It's 2023. Like people but, aren't doing but
0: her anything. her 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 specific point that he is responsible for the people, the the way. Oh yeah, they I mean yeah, flown. Sure, sure. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I I agree. I agree with that. I I think it is. There is a a ton of irony in in me at this point hating analytics, given where we came from. Uh, but I do think I think what it did was maybe she didn't. Um, uh, maybe this isn't what she meant, or maybe she didn't whittle it down to this. I think the rise of numbers made people think that they could prove things and win arguments by specifically saying this number makes this true, rather than like sort of the nuance of watching. But I peop- agree. But people did that all the time. People do that with like,
1: with rudimentary numbers. But that's a good point. That's a people good point. People do the same, it's the same stuff. Mm, it's it's like, it's like people going like kids these days. They're all like caught up on their numbers, but people, people were dumb people or people with bad arguments will find no matter what the like hot statistic of the day or the hot like technology that, whatever the fuck they're going to, f- f- since the beginning of time, people have been making bad arguments with, with faulty logic. That's a good, good point. That's a good point. Didn't mean to Riley up. <laughs> it just feels like people. It's just like, I like, I don't like that. It's becoming the like, Jokic is the analytics guy, and Embiid is the watch the games well, guy. I, I just I think, think it's more specific than that because Embiid is beloved by the analytics. like the, yeah. all the numbers are telling you. Like even the even the bad ones are saying like this guy's the man. He's fucking awesome. He's incredible, and I, he is. Um, I, and I it's also that like they're they're just both excellent players. Like it's just they're both incredibly excellent players in very different ways, playing the same position, doing very different things from it. And there it shouldn't be three to zero MVPs. One, of the, they're both fucking awesome. And Embiid is uh, significantly better on one side
0: of the ball, and he's also leading the league in scoring on the other side. So I think. Like, come on. I think the I think the big data point that Jokic, uh, Jokic, what's the word that that people who argue for Jokic made the mistake on was when they were fooled by the defensive metrics. Yeah, I think like and Zach, Zach, who is incredibly smart and watches more basketball than I ever will, and understands the better numbers better than I ever do, ever would, also fell for it. He like I remember last year he was like, "Well, my eyes tell me he's he's not a great defender, but I see these numbers and they must mean something." And is like, "Well, actually, they don't." I think I think Jokic's defensive metrics compared to the eye test is sort of like a moment that that thing broke a little bit. Um, but I think you, I think if you
1: ask any, you ask Daryl, the, any like publicly available defensive statistic aside from like steals and blocks percentage doesn't tell you the full story. Like Embiid caused a fucking, he caused Pat Beverly to travel. Today, when he switched, when he switched, I know, on I know. That's ad. what
0: I'm saying. I'm saying the defensive metrics don't, but they I know. All but I think people, I think people, metrics.
1: I think people admit that, and then they still go, but they're all saying something, and that's the thing that oh. Mike O'Connor was was made the good point of is, is, like they're all saying something because they're all predicated on like the same faulty, the same thing, like basis,
0: yeah.
1: Um, yeah, and Yo, truly, Jokic is fucking awesome. He's an incredible player, and I, and I, I like, I really enjoy watching him. Like he's he's very good. He's definitely and, a top ten player in the league. Sure. Yeah. So is Embiid. They're both Eight. very good. They're both the man. It's awesome. It's a crazy cool time to be alive. And. We should just not give all the cookies to one guy.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's that good a time to be alive to watch basketball. Yeah. Good a time okay. To be fair. 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 I I wanted to get to this voicemail specifically because I thought, given the tournament happening and all that kind of stuff, I'd like to hear your take on it. Eight three three lickface. Eight three three lickface.
1: Hey guys, first time, long time. Uh, wanted to call one first question. Saw something on Twitter saying if you put Giannis on a sixteen seed in the NCAA tournament. Does do they win? Curious as to your guys' thoughts on that, and like how many NBA players could win. And then second, and more importantly, I was wondering, MB, MB is the MVP. Obviously, we don't need to talk about that. But in years past, he's been second team All NBA, and there's been the debate of, okay, well, it's, we're not going to put him at power forward because he plays center. Off. Oh, oh no, team?
0: no, that we're, was back,
1: we're back to we're back yeah. to the the positions. Let's not do like, that. Let's we're do the, back to the
0: positions. Let's do the let's do the. Giannis on a 16 seed, and then how many NBA players, how many, like, I'll go through the top scorers in the NBA. No,
1: we don't need to do it. Okay. Yes. Giannis on the 16 seed would win the national championship. Absolutely. Okay. How, and uh, I think I think the top, like, 200 players in the NBA probably would. Really? Yeah. So De'Aaron Fox. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Yes. Jalen Brunson. Yes. Deeply, yes. Keep go lower, like Bojan is Yes, a hundred percent. Absolutely. I think. It, I think at the has. very least would you know they're they one games. So like yeah. you know could they lose RJ Barrett? I don't like RJ Barrett, but yes, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely RJ Barrett. RJ Barrett five years ago or whatever was was a, a vital cog on, a, on a, a a big team. No. Not a chance. No. Okay. Munchos will be the least athletic player on the court at that point. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. I mean, it's just like guys in the NBA, especially if they're they've been in the NBA for a number of years and they're starting NBA games, are so good. Yeah. And college basketball players physically are strong, just right, not, well. not that good. Especially so many of them. Yeah. And you put whoever around, you know, enough guys that can either dunk or shoot or whatever the their good enough college skill is. They're going to be very good. Yeah, I think there is a chance that they could, you know, get upset or something. But
0: yes, absolutely. Right. right, we'll be back Saturday, I believe Saturday morning, and the, uh, I
1: think it's Sunday. Is it Sunday morning? I think it's Sunday because oh yeah, because we have we have the Warriors on Friday night. No, the wrap. Oh, I am sorry. Yeah, the Warriors on Friday night, and then the Suns on Saturday night. So those are tough games. Yep, we'll see. The status of the calves of our two best players. Interesting, interesting time. Talk to you then. Are you done with TTP? Yeah, you know, look, face.